and thank you for listening to Japan by River Cruise. Uh, I am Bobby Judo. I'm calling in from southwestern Japan. And I'm Ollie Horn, calling in from the north of the United Kingdom. So, as always on this week's show, we're going to be keeping it nice and light as we discuss a spate of heat stroke deaths in Japan. Yay! And as always, we've got your River Cruise recommendation. Ollie? Yes, that's right. This week I'm going to be recommending a British-themed river cruise where the boat threatens to leave the dock but never actually does. Very, very nice. And we're going to be taking a look at a chapter in river cruise history from the late 1990s during the environmentally friendly biodegradable river cruise program and the spate of disasters that followed. But first, soap talk. Bobby, why do we call it Soap Talk? Uh, because you can't say soap. Yes, I simply say... Well, hang oh, on, no, I can wait. say soap, can't you do I? Say soap. Isn't that the you point? You say world. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You do say, you're, you, I say you're sick too and... good. You're too good at saying soap. <laughs> I say soap so well, sometimes it seeps into other words. Uh, Bobby, how's your week been? Uh, I have decided to do something very drastically anti-Japanese and uh, stop drinking. Oh, okay. Uh, for the... What time is this now? <laughs> Maybe the ninth or tenth time? Uh, but, but this no, time so it's for real. This time this time it's totally for real. I was, the, uh, I was doing a project where I was helping with some translation for a group of Swiss guys. And so I was working with these Japanese guys and these Swiss guys for the course of a couple of weeks. And... Um, at one point, we were all sitting around for lunch, and they started talking about uh, alcohol and you know, going out to drink at one point. And I realized how far I've, I've been assimilated to Japanese drinking culture when the Swiss guys, the Japanese guys started getting really curious about how much the Swiss guys could drink. And the Swiss guys started right. bragging. And the Japanese guys were like, oh, yeah, that, that's great and all, but I drink like an Ishobin, which is like a four-liter bottle of like Japanese shochu. Like a four-liter yeah. liter bottle of shochu, which is like Japanese vodka, strong Japanese liquor. And they're like, I can finish a bottle of that on my own in a week. And the, the Swiss guys were like, wait, what? And I'm <laughs> Is that the point where here, the conversation right? went from like laughing and kind of like, ha, 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 let's yeah, talk about yeah. drinking. Yeah, sometimes I have a bit too much. And then it's like, you what? The Swiss guys, you could see it. They all took a step back and they were like, wait, that's a lot though. And, and I'm the intermediate here, so I keep stepping in and going like, oh, no, no, you know, it's it's Japan, you know, it's a much more accepted uh, thing to drink that much, to drink, you know, to excess on certain nights. And also, you know, I know a lot of Japanese guys who who can't fall asleep at night without a couple of drinks. And as I'm saying this, oh, like, translating to the Japanese guys, all the Japanese guys are like, yeah, 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 no, I need to drink every night or else I can't sleep. And the Swiss guys are just like continuing <laughs> to step back and step back. And I'm realizing how I'm like, wait a minute. I think every night I get home and I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. I need to have like a drink or two just to relax. And when I don't pay attention, that happens like every night for like yeah. weeks. And so, so as I'm watching the Swiss guys, I'm realizing like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, this was my reaction. And now I'm like completely on the Japanese side of it. And if I don't watch myself. And so then that, that was like when I started being like, this is, I need to, I need to de-Japanize myself a little bit. But, uh, 
but then the very next day I finished that project and we had a big uchiage and like my like I just felt you know how like when you feel like you've been working on something for a long time and and like you want to somehow commemorate it and like my my what better way than booze yeah what do I want to say like like my <laughs> my need for alcohol <laughs> shut up I don't know. Maybe, Bobby. Maybe we shouldn't record podcasts while we're drunk. Uh, so my my inhibition, my so my limit. I just yeah. like for that moment was just gone, and I drank way too much, and I missed my flight the next day because of it. No way. Have yeah. you done this before? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever missed a flight before? Uh, not not because I'm drunk. So what is, what, I don't think, right, and, and I surprise myself that I don't think I've ever missed a flight, yeah. uh, even though I've had some really close shaves. One of the advantages in, of Fukuoka, of course, is the airport is so close to the city centre uh, that you well, can hop, hop in a cab. This but, was, yeah, this was, this was in Did you ever sleep? Yeah, I did. Oh, I overslept. And I, I woke up and I jumped up and I couldn't find my phone anywhere because I left it in the bathroom because I'd probably fallen asleep in the bathroom. And uh, oh, no. I, I woke up and was panicking and woke up my friend and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I can't find my phone. You know what time it is? And he was like, eight. Like, when's your flight? And I'm like, my flight is like landing in Fukuoka now. Oh, no. Yeah. That's the worst feeling, I'm sure. Yeah, and so. um, for, for people that aren't familiar with Japanese drinking culture, it's so prevalent, isn't it? That it's, it's, um, I mean, I, I think drinking is a part of lots of cultures and certainly in the yeah, UK yeah. we drank to excess. But But... I think J- Japan is quite special in that it's firstly it's very very deeply ritualized. Mm-hmm. So in in many work contexts it's just expected that you drink and there are certain kind of customs and rituals around that drinking. But then additionally yeah. on top of this there's also a deeply personal drinking culture where people will buy like a single <laughs> can of of alcohol in a in a liquor store. Didn't I, I think I saw some news that a local like a convenience stores have started started selling draft beer. Oh, so yeah, now you yeah. can go and in and like not pick far up from where we yeah, are, there's a convenience store pick, like a JR Kokuraeki that sells draft beer at the convenience store. Which is, you know, if, if anything, if anything, because uh, what's more convenient a... than enabling alcoholism? Well, exactly. I mean, it, <laughs> there's no even, there's no pretense that you're going to be buying a couple of beers to take home and drink with your friends. Nothing right, says right, immediate right, consumption, right. like an open glass of <laughs> fizzing beer. Uh. Yeah. And, and I often um, used to wonder why the old men would drink those one cup things. Do you remember those? You know, the little the, the, the glass the one of cups glass. of Japanese sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they taste horrible. Well, Bobby, um, I look forward to checking back on progress next week uh, where we talk about your um, nomikais, um, your, um, <sighs> and That's every other opportunity is, you've had to, see, to drink. See, I've, I've quit a couple of times in the past for uh, karadazukuri, for like when I've had to cut weight or like build muscle for a role. But like I always end up, the, the thing that always gets me back into it is the nomikai culture, which again, like the drinking yeah. party culture. Um, but let's stop talking about that because we got a message real quick. Oh, so it's mailbox time. Yeah, we got another message. <sighs> Brian and Fukuoka again. Um, I guess he what didn't understand is that we're not looking for river cruise recommendations. He says uh, he wants to okay. recommend Tochigi, the Kinyu River uh, in Tochigi. Kinyu River. Uh, Brian, can you stop? Yeah, this is not can, clever. Can not it's not cool. Off? 
There are probably better places for you to recommend River Cruises than the Japan by River Cruise podcast. Yeah. Uh, any other Bobby. message and, and about anything else, we would also be happy to not read that on air, but but go, yeah, just River Cruise recommendations. If you can't help yourself when you're at japanbyrivercruise.com and you decide to send them a message, which, by the way, you shouldn't, by all means, please do not send us a message because we will not enjoy having read it on air like we will do. Mm. Bobby, it's time for the news. Bobby, I'm going to be bringing us some news this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Well, so something that I find it hard to explain to people... Oh, have I lost you? Oh, I think the, the audio cut in and cut out. I'll yeah, tell you, you why. Up, um, in fact, just before I tell you the news, let you me tell you how bad the, the internet connection is. Let me tell you... So I am... Uh, I, I'm currently staying in a rented apartment for the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And I am paying a crazy amount of money to be here. And hmm. more money than I've spent on anything in my life. And it's for a, a place to stay for three weeks. And they don't even provide proper Wi-Fi. It's like a pocket mobile, like, 3G router thing. So I'm like amazed that we can like even Airbnb's, do this recording Airbnb's in the first place. Do, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, but this wasn't even Airbnb. It was from a proper letting agent. We paid huh. real money because I thought, well, if we go through a legit place, then there isn't going to be any nonsense. And there was three of us, right, that are staying, uh, me, uh, another comic, and, and my producer, and uh, <laughs> there are three bedrooms in this place. And I checked into this place on day one, and the estate agent showed me around. And she said, well, you know, here's the kitchen, here's everything. Uh, do you have everything you need? I said, well, uh, yes, I think so, apart from the third bedroom doesn't appear to have a bed. And she went, right, okay. Um, was this property listed as a three-bedroom property? Oh. And I said, uh, yes, it was, definitely, yeah. And she went, right, and did you list three tenants on the contract? I said, yes, I did. And then her final question to try and wriggle out of this mess was, did you request a bed per bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, no, no, I didn't. Huh. I've never had to do that in my life before. Don't plan to start doing it now. Yeah. Did I request a bed per bedroom? It's like going to a restaurant and then not giving you a plate. Well, did you request that your food was on a plate, sir? <laughs> or did you just want it on your lap? Uh, and so she genuinely thought that she could wriggle out of this mess by you know, not having to get a bed for me, by having me admit, oh, no, to be fair, I didn't actually ask for a bed. Therefore, that's definitely my fault that we've... Yeah. We've just got a gratuitous empty room. Uh, anyway, so that explains why the audio quality this uh, week might be slightly worse. Because um, I am uh, doing uh, my show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Pig in Japan, uh, where I, I actually mention Bobby in the show now. Uh, I've added a new little oh, bit I'm where I talk it. about my American friend. Well, I just say my American friend, and uh, you're that American friend. So, uh, Cool. Could yeah, you could you maybe put that little bit at the end, and, and like as a credit, and just say, also I'd like to mention my American friend, Bobby, who wrote... Forty you percent know, of the jokes in the show. Uh, why don't you read the reviews before you take credit for it? Uh, <laughs> I saw the one where uh, they misspelled your name throughout the entire thing. They misspelled my name in a number of different ways. So I got <laughs> it's a respected publication, Broadway Baby. They gave me four stars, which I was really hoping for because you really nice. do yeah, yeah. you like. It's really good, uh, and uh, I was really happy about it. But she managed to misspell both of my names uh, wrong in multiple different ways. 
yeah. but she, you know, we, we have to we have to uh, trust her judgment because she did say the show was very good. So uh, yeah. she's obviously a sensible person. So the story I want to talk about this week, Bobby, is a man dies from heat stroke after dying in a mascot uniform, which for me is a very, very Japanese story uh, for two reasons. So uh, this was in Osaka where a 28-year-old guy died from heat stroke. He was working in an amusement park uh, and he was wearing one of these mascot costumes. Uh, and then apparently uh, later on that day uh, yeah. after rehearsal, uh, he lost consciousness and died. The temperature was uh, 28.7 degrees, which doesn't seem that hot. I mean, it is hot, but it's not like, you know, it wasn't like above 30, like some parts of the world uh, have been. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, what I found funny about the story, well, obviously it's a very sad story, so uh, let's acknowledge that before I now derive uh, humour, um, is that the, the operator of the park just said, we will find the cause of it and work to prevent from, and worked, work to prevent it from happening again. We will find the cause of it and work to prevent from happening again. Which yeah. seems like something they could do right now. Like the cause of it is global warming, which I don't think the, an amusement park in Osaka is going to be fixing single-handedly. Also, right. I think they know the cause, which is you put a man in a boiling hot suit without any consideration for the fact uh, that like, humans aren't supposed to boil in a bag. Yeah. Now, so he was one of like 11 heat stroke deaths in in like the first little uh stretch of of summer in in uh in july and then there have also been a handful like since then but he was the only one uh who had been dancing for 20 minutes while wearing a 16 kilogram or 35 pound outfit by the and, way can i just yeah. say 16 kilograms is about as much weight of as as i have lost in the last year i've lost about 15 kilograms so I know how heavy 15 kilograms feels because uh, yeah. that's how much easier it is for me to like, walk around. By the way, contextualizing losing of weight, like, I remember trying to carry a 10 kilogram bag of ice going, oh, this is exhausting. And having now lost that, I now have a huge amount of respect for fat people because we are so strong. The amount of stuff we carry, goodness me, we are the best people. Uh, just, <laughs> just thought I'd put that out there. Well, no, um, I'm so really glad that you found uh, another reason to have respect for yourself. Um, Thanks, Bobby. Because um, <laughs> so, um, if there's anything yeah, so that, that, that you struggle with, it's not liking yourself enough. Uh, thank you. So sweet coming from you. So uh, we've, got, uh, we've got two things to deal with with this story. One is the outrageous heat in Japan, and second is the guy dancing for 20 minutes in a costume, both of which need explaining. So Japan is a very hot country, and one of the things that I got excited about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was I thought, mm. well, even if I live in Japan forever, at least I will always go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in August because uh, it's the best place in the world if you're a creative and Edinburgh is not hot. In fact, as part of my promotional efforts for my show, I bought a 1,000... What are they called? Uchiwa? The, 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 the paper fans? The fans, I bought a yeah, thousand yeah, yeah. of them. Yeah, the a thousand of them in order fans. to distribute. Non-folding fans. And they, they're personalized which, with my uh, face on. Um, but of course, Edinburgh's just not hot enough to justify it. So people are just giving me this looks like, why do I need, <laughs> why do I need this bit of plastic? It's not, not useful. Um, so Japan is, in, is like incredibly hot. Bobby, how do you cope with the heat in the summer in Japan? Ah, so... Uh, all the advice on TV can be kind of contradictory. They say, uh, don't, don't try to gaman through it. Don't try to put up with it. So a lot of times people go, well, you know, I don't want to run up my air conditioning bill. So I'm gonna try to get through it as long as I can without starting my, my air conditioning. And they're actually, I've heard Japanese people get competitive about it like how long did you go without having to use your air conditioning how long did you go i had to give in last night because it was too hot to sleep kind of thing um 
but they're telling you on TV yeah, I, like I remember spending comfortably over two hundred dollars a month on my air conditioning bill. Oh the yeah, yeah. Two hundred. The other thing is easy, that yeah. uh, Japanese houses don't have good insulation, so you can't just cool your house down and leave it for a while. Your air conditioning has to be constantly running, or the second you turn it off, it's sweltering hot again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, your bills go up, and they tell you, you know, it's better to pay a high air conditioning bill than to die of heat stroke, because uh, people are are getting heat stroke in their own houses as well but then at the same time they also tell you but don't use your air conditioning too much because if you come from somewhere super cooled to somewhere super hot and humid that ondosa that difference in temperature can get you sick or can accelerate heat stroke and there are loads of gadgets as well aren't there that you can buy you know there's like patches that people put around their neck uh, you know, I've seen people with like hats which have electric fans yeah. in. Obviously, there's the umbrella hat which I advertise. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what like they people, have, there's, yeah. What they have now is, um, you know, the Japanese sagyogi, the work clothes. Sagyo is any kind of work, any kind of labor, and so Japanese construction workers or people who work outside wear these kind of like windbreaker style full sleeve long sleeve jackets uh and they've designed them that they have these two big intake fans in the back of the jacket so it's kind of like this puffy jacket that it pulls in air cools the air and keeps air circulating around so you kind of look like this big like fubu jacket puffed up dude but it's all air in there that's circulating around and there was an article the other day where somebody was saying, these construction workers were saying, like, we really want to figure out a way to make these fashionable. We want to make these fashionable, and we'd love to see, like, it was it was funny, but it was also practical, because he, he, he was like, if these become fashionable, if we could get a good designer to make them more comfortable and better looking and got them popular, that would make a larger demand for them it would mean more people were designing them more companies were selling them and they would be cheaper so we could buy cheaper ones that were still decent quality and use uh at work and so his idea which again is very japanese to get them popular was to figure out a way to get an idol group to wear them as part of their uniform Because that's exactly what um, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what the fans of the idol group wants. Not for them to take their clothes off and strip yeah, yeah, and yeah. just walk around in a bikini, but to yeah. layer clothes on and have a series of goodness me fans. Of the, did he genuinely well, I, say this on TV? I thought uh, it wasn't on TV. It was in an article. He was quoted somewhere, but I thought it was really funny because it's like your super Japanese <laughs> options of like if you want to make this cool Japan, who are your options to go to? You could get robots. You could get idols, or you could get Yudu Kiara plush mascots. And of the three of them, the one of them that could have used them the most, it's already a little too late. <laughs> yeah. And so these Yudu Kiara, they're, they're everywhere, right? Every single, like, every place has one of these characters, right? These, like, plush characters. And normally it's teenagers that are standing inside them waving. Um, and of course, the most famous character is the one from Kumamoto, right? Kumamon. Kumamon. Because they did a very yeah. clever thing. With, they did a very clever thing with their trademark where they said, well, we want to promote Kumamoto, which is a region in, in, in Kyushu. Yep. Um, and so we're going to let anyone use our character on any branded merchandise, um, provided right. they just let us know about it. Um, yeah. But that kind of backfired, didn't it, Bobby? Yeah. So I believe they've changed that, and they're a lot stricter with who gets to use that character. The process is much, much stricter now. You, you have to apply for approval. So one of the things that they ended up using Kumamon as the mascot for was for an insurance company 
that will cover your legal fees in the case that you have been accused of being a subway molester. <laughs> which is which is a policy that presumably someone at some point has asked for. Well, uh, so apparently if you get accused of being a subway molester, it is potentially like like life ending. Um so one of the ways that I think you could avoid that is insurance. Another way is to not be a subway molester. Um, <laughs> but I, like I like to think like like the fact that this is an insurance that exists, I hope that it works the way that other kinds of insurance do, you know, like health insurance. If you go in to get health insurance, they're going to interview you about, you know, your pre-existing conditions, about your family health history. Right. You know, uh, are, are you, do you I, have... Like the, the, thing, yeah. the thing about like, m like molesting on the subway is, I don't think there's a very high risk of like there being a false accusation. It's like if a woman wanted to go through the process of making an accusation about being molested on the subway, all she has to do is go on the subway and get molested for real. Because there's uh, a higher chance. <laughs> it is one of those things where like, like the incidences of false accusation are so negligible compared to the mass, massive yeah, right, exactly, exactly. incidences where it's actually happening. So I'm not too concerned. So how do you think this insurance works in real life then? So I think like, you know, if you want car insurance, they check whether or not you have a history of accidents or, or, you know, they check your risk factors. And so I'm assuming that when you go in for this insurance, there's an interview where they're like, okay, so you want to sign up for the accused of subway molester insurance, but we notice you take public transportation every day. So that's going to raise your risk factor and your premiums are going to go up a little bit. Uh, also, we noticed that you want this insurance. <laughs> That's a big old red flag right there. <laughs> Seems to us like you might be thinking about molesting someone on the subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they do like the the investigation afterward. And they, they look into your claim and they're like, well, I don't think we're going to be able to approve your claim in this case because you had this insurance, which tells us that you, <laughs> that you were probably You were definitely worried it. about getting caught. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Um, and so, and so, on that basis, and also Kumamon. I mean, what's what's the Kumamon like? Bear is it's like a nice, lovely little black bear. What what on earth does he have to do with molestation? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. It seems know. like he a weird has mascot anyway. Anything to do with anything? But they have mascots for everything. They're mascots for for literally anything and everything to the point where I think. A handful of years back, the mascots started getting popular just because they were so low in quality. Yeah. Do you think we should get a mascot? Japan by River Cruise? What would our Japan by River Cruise mascot be? Well, um, it would have to represent the River Cruise industry and all of our wonderful recommendations. Right. Um, it would have to represent our friendship. Uh, mm -hmm. It'd have to represent all of our wonderful listenership. Um, so essentially non-existent. <laughs> so let's let's talk about um, let, let's talk about the other side of the story, which is uh, got a hot hot day, uh, yeah. and we've got this this costume. What on earth possesses this guy to just carry on? Because presumably, like fifteen minutes into being in a literal oven, yeah. this guy is just thinking, yeah, yeah, more. Well, gambaru, gambaru wa, gambarimasu. 
Well, he was not the only person in a costume practicing. I guess he was practicing for a dance performance and they were on an outdoor stage and there were 10 or so other staff members. I think there may have been other staff members who were also in costumes. But the thing is, heat stroke sneaks up on you and a lot of times you don't notice until uh, it's too late. You know, my, Did I tell you Yuri went to the hospital for a heat stroke two, three weeks ago? No, I didn't know about this. Yeah, no, we just got back from uh we just got back from the states and she'd been in the states with the kids for like 3 weeks. So she'd been in America, she hadn't been exercising at all, she'd been eating in an American diet. And then we got back to Japan and we still had all this leftover uh we still had all, all our jet lag, our jisaboke, right? So our internal clocks are completely off. Uh, we're sleeping weird hours and she and the girls got exhausted and fell asleep at like four in the afternoon one day and they slept straight through until until uh, I guess like eight o'clock the next morning so she gets up she sends the girls off to school and she was going to go to an exercise class she does like jazzercise and because she was going to jazzercise she was like well I'm not going to eat in the morning because I'm going to be moving around and I don't want like my stomach to get upset so she goes right. to this class. And, it, and, and just towards... in my experience too, it's just harder to do jazz dancing on a full stomach. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, that's the general idea. So she gets to uh... <laughs> just picture. I just your... wanted to say something. Now I'm picturing your stomach during jazz dance. Uh, so <laughs> so she gets to this class and she gets about halfway, I think, most of the way through it and starts to feel really bad. And so it's this combination of. She hasn't exercised in a long time. It's extremely hot and she's doing vigorous physical activity. And when she realizes she hasn't eaten since like four o'clock the previous day. So it was uh, not enough food, way too much exercise, way too hot. But she didn't notice until it was too late. And when it was too late, her fingers and toes started to tingle she couldn't stand up she got dizzy and she fell down and they had to take her to uh the hospital and give her an iv and just pump her full of fluids really really quickly right and do you have to pay for that if that happens because you know um you know when you have like motor insurance like so with the aa or whatever the whatever the equivalent service is in japan if it's something which is like clearly your fault like you forget to put petrol you forget to put gas in your car yeah. They, like, charge you extra for your stupidity. They're like, well, this is, like, the most obvious thing. Our job is not to just come out here and give you petrol because you forgot to fill up your car. I wonder if Japanese hospitals have this same policy. It's like, well, you, we, can't, we can't just feed you. <laughs> like, it's they not don't, job to feed they, yourself. I think, they, like, if you get drunk and need to be taken to a hospital, uh, they'll charge you for that. I think the insurance might not cover that. But for heat stroke, they right. definitely do. All in all, like, our total hospital bill was, like, 50, 60 bucks. Do you know, I'm trying to remember. I cannot remember the country. I think it is Australia. Mm-hmm. I think it's Australia where I was uh, chatting to... Okay, now I remember who it was, and I definitely will not say their name. Um, but I was speaking to uh, a girl, mm-hmm. and she said that the way Australian health insurance works is you get up to three free host- hospital visits, right? And then after the third one, like, you have to start paying like an admissions fee. And she <laughs> likes a party, right? And, uh, and like, she'd been yeah. taken in on an ambulance drunk on an IV, like, twice already, right, which right. her parents didn't know about. And she was on that policy. She, so she was, like, but basically, she's, she's, like, well, she's just, she's got one chance left, right? Like, she's, yeah, she's yeah. like, used her two jokers. Uh, and so she's just trying really hard to not get into a serious injury or have one more big night out. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, so I guess with the the aging population over here, the heat stroke is going to be a huge, huge issue because it it affects older people and young, like very young and very old. Um, and so because there's such an aging population in Japan, they're really going to have to do a lot to avoid an epidemic of elderly deaths in Japan due to global warming. Well, another cheery note there. But of course, one of the advantages of global warming is the polar ice caps will melt, which will ultimately raise sea levels, meaning more sea, which can only mean one thing. More estuaries. No, 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 man. More rivers. More river cruises. Less rivers. It's all going to be ocean. Really? Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, in that case, we'll just have to start a new podcast series. The World by Ocean Cruise. <laughs>